Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is My Friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Alex Gets the Business, the Family Ties book written by Joe Claro and released in 1986. And with me, as always, to discuss this book is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how are you? What's going on? Happy New Year in the world of Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Happy New Year to you too. I realize it's a little late into 2023, but you know, for us it's it's the beginning of the year. Yeah, well this is the first time we spoke all month. I know it's crazy. It's been a very busy time in a good way, but yeah. Yeah, there's some news that we'll have to talk about at some point. Definitely. We've got some updates. Yes. We did as I mentioned at the top of the show here, we read the book. We're going to be discussing that in a moment. But uh, any any updates that you want to give our listeners over Christmas and New Year's? Anything we need to know? Gosh, it feels like so long ago now that I don't really remember anything. <laughs> I already told you everything I knew. <laughs> well, it was good. Good Christmas and New Year's and yes. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We had a great good. Christmas. Great New Year's. Um, Christmas was a little different for us because my son got COVID uh, two days uh, before Christmas. So That's no good. <laughs> yeah. That affected things uh, adversely. But, um, you know, it was we had a nice little quiet Christmas at home. So... All of our family shunned us, and so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are the times we live in, you know. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, we uh, all stayed healthy, fortunately, throughout Christmas and spent Christmas with family. We did a little traveling here and there. I won't bore everyone with it because we talk about it in great length on Mandarin Orange Show, my wife Janelle and I. But if you guys want to check out another podcast, that I do, you can listen to that. But just suffice it to say, it was good. And we didn't get to start recording just yet because I uh, went out to Hollywood on another appointment. Something I can't talk too much about, but we'll reveal when more information comes to light in March. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can't wait. Oh, it's going to be good. Very good indeed. Sha-la-la-la. We're going to be starting up now. This is our last special episode. This is the third of three special episodes in between seasons. So our next episode will be beginning season five. Is that five. right? Five. Yeah, season oh my five. Gosh. I can't believe how far oh. along we are already. Right? Oh, it feels like it's too. Like it's just going too fast. It is. It is. Well, we have a lot more special things that we're going to do throughout the seasons and stuff. In fact, at some point... During this season, I don't remember exactly when it falls, we will be watching the Nick spinoff show. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited already. Very excited for that. So, and a few other special things here and there we will cover. But for tonight, we're going to be taking a look at this book, Alex Gets the Business. Yeah, I mean, to say that he's not one of the writers on the show, like he pretty much nailed it. He really did seem to have a good grasp on the characters, right? Like, I felt like yeah. I was watching an episode of the show. Oh, yeah. I was totally watching it in my brain. And I could see the antics and I could see, you know, the energy. And it was great. Yeah. It was it was surprisingly well done in that regard. Mm-hmm. I should mention, so Joe Claro is the author of the book. And I think I, I confuse him with another author who also did a lot of novelizations. And I, I got to clarify in case I mess this up before. I don't remember what I said on a previous episode. But George Geip is the author who did the Back to the Future novelization. Oh, and I was okay. confusing him with this. But Joe Claro, who did this, is the one that wrote the Condor Man novelization. And so I have read other stuff by him. I just got confused as to which one it was. Corrections there in case I messed that up before, which I think I did. Okay, um, well, I don't recall that part, so I would not uh, hold you accountable for that one. I'm sure a few people do, but for my own uh, peace of mind, I had to mention that, that I do. I, I have read other stuff with him. It's just a little, you know, I, I was off a bit. Sure, uh, he like also Kirby goes bananas? He did. He did a couple of Herbie ones. He did um, Snowball Express, which is another Disney-related one. Oh, and then okay. several others, um, mostly novelizations, but this one... Like we said before, it's not really a novelization because it was not an episode that was ever made. No. In fact, it says on the front cover, an original all-new story based on the hit TV series. So it's it's like an episode that was never made. 
that you can never watch unless you read this book. Yeah, and it was a good good book. It was. It was really, really fun. I think what we're going to do, we're kind of going to treat it as if it were an episode. We'll go through you know, a bit, kind of tell everyone, because I know I'm hoping some listeners out there picked up the book and read it, but I'm going to guess that a lot of listeners did not. So yeah. even if you it, didn't, we're going to give you guys like the basic outline so you kind of get an idea of what you missed out on there. Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds great. I think you're just the man for it. All right. Well, you're going to have to help me a bit because it's a little different than like the show. Yeah. I'll do some. I'll try to do an overview, but, you know, feel free to hop in and help me out here. Okay. All right. So we open up in where else but the Keaton kitchen. Yeah. And and you know that he's at least watched the show enough to know that that's what happens, right? Always. Real quick. I mentioned this at the top, but this book came out in 1986, and it's actually, it's why we're reading it now. It's set during the season that we just finished. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been like the last episode of the season even because Alex is still dating Ellen and, you know, he's at the college and all that. So it definitely falls in the right timeline. It was released in 1986, which is the season we just watched. So that's... That's where it fits into the timeline. Oh, Ellen. I know. I, and I'll, I guess since I mentioned that, too, I should point out, even though it's during that season, Andy is never mentioned during the show. No. no. Well, Stephen and Lisa are barely in the book as well. It's true. But, like, not even a mention of Andy's taking a nap or anything. No. Well, he was really, really tired. And so, so tired that they didn't want to talk about him. Which is funny because... You know, this season is when we met Ellen. So, you know, he couldn't have written it without some knowledge of this season. But yeah. Andy was born at the end of the last season. So, when did he write this book? Maybe the uh, the writers just gave him a little bits there and didn't tell him that there was going to be a kid in the, in the thing. Because he had to write it, obviously, before 1986, I would think. Yeah. I, don't know. I wonder how long it would have taken him to, to get this one out. I don't know. I mean, it's only 103 pages. So, and, you know, they're... Pretty big print there. I read it in one day. I read it all today. I mean, I kind of started it, and then I just like, okay, I got to get fresh in my mind. So I just sat down and read through it one more time. It's not a long read at all. It is not a long read. I think I read it, you know, a couple of months ago, and then I read it again over the last couple of days, a little bit here and there. So it was fresh. Yep. Anyway, I digress. Back to the Keaton kitchen. Mallory and Jennifer are in the kitchen. Of course, even in the book... Milk and orange juice take a, a strong role. There's a lot of orange juice consumed during this book here. Yes. Um, so Mallory and Jennifer in the kitchen and Alex bursts in. He's super excited. He's like, oh, yes, today I've become a man. And Jen- Mallory's like, Alex, not in front of Jennifer. How could you? And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> One of my dreams has come true. And he says that he's been accepted by New Alpha Moo. And he's like, you guys know what this is, right? I'm so excited. The girls don't really understand what he's talking about. Jennifer guesses that it's a society dedicated to the preservation of baby talk, which sounds exactly <laughs> like something she would say in the show, which is pretty great. Yeah. Yes, it does. And Alex is like, no, no, no. He explains to them that it's actually a fraternity at his college, and it's specifically for business majors. And he's very excited because you know he wants to be around other business majors and other people. And, of course... You know, these uh, everyone who graduates from there works in the world of business, so he sees this as a chance for him to, you know, get connections and have what did he say, like an opportunity to be in any boardroom in the country that he would like. I didn't know that's all it took was to be part of a, uh, a fraternity. Apparently, so I guess that's all it takes. That's that's yeah. what I missed out on in college, I guess, at a smaller <laughs> college in uh, you know, in the middle of Ohio, so right. Well, they have branches all over the country, you know. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Or gotcha, chapters, okay. I guess you would call yeah. it. Well, anyway, he's very <laughs> excited about it. Jennifer and Mallory don't really care. Uh, Steve and Elise come in, and they're not, like, very excited about it. They're not too keen on the whole idea of fraternities in the first place. Then Ellen comes, and she's driving Alex to school. And we find out definitely that Alex does not have a car in this episode. He had to borrow the keys at one point from Steven for the family car. Yes. And Ellen drives him back and forth to school. So I wonder if he drove the station wagon, you know, because they had just uh, bought that. uh, That's right. Towards the end of the season three, I believe. Yeah, that must be what's still around, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, it's only a year old. Probably haven't finished paying it off yet. That's right. (laughs) So then the drive to school was something that kind of almost took me out of feeling like it was an episode. Because during this drive, first of all, we see them or read about them in the car 
on the way to school and then they're like in the parking lot and they're outside the buildings on campus and I'm like we never see any of this stuff in the episode. No, no, no. He could totally take some liberties in the book that we wouldn't be able to to see on the show. Yeah, so he tells uh, Ellen in the car about the thing and she's, you know, concerned because she doesn't want him to kind of get a big head and you know, she already knows his tendency for money loving and whatnot. So she's a little concerned about that. Well, she has every right to be concerned because we already know Alex and his uh, schemes. Yes. Yes, we do. He's he's very Alex. Um, <laughs> so they, they park, you know, Ellen parks the car and they're like, you know, she's dropping him off to go to class. And we have the first uh, what I'm going to call a classic Joe Claro phrase here because Joe Claro, the author, like we said, he did a great job of capturing the show, but he has some of the most unique and I'm going to say bizarre turns of phrase that you will ever read anywhere. Ooh, okay. So the first one, I have a lot of like direct quotes here. The first one, when she, they were just sitting, sitting in the car and she's saying like, oh, you know, I'm proud of you or whatever. It says she moved her head and kissed him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a weird way to say it. Like, why didn't you say she kissed him? Instead right. of she moved her head and kissed him. Well, maybe she... Sometimes when she doesn't move her head, then it's a little bit more uh, uh, robotic. I guess so. I, I'm, <laughs> it's just so, so weird to describe it that way. And that's yeah. only the beginning. Uh, it gets so much crazier from there. Gosh, how did I not pick up on these things? Oh, you you will see. There are some, like, I've been just reading them out loud to the kids and Janelle and, like, laughing at them. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to more. I've got them all written down. All right. So next, Alex goes into his uh, fraternity house, and there's some of the guys in there, and they talk about their hazing projects. And I thought this was pretty funny that in their business fraternity, instead of like doing hazing where they make them run around the campus in their underwear or something, or you know, beat them with paddles or whatever the things that they always show in movies, uh-huh. in a business frat, they have to write papers <laughs> and then turn yeah. it into the, the head of the house. Yeah, yeah, and the professor actually uh, looks him over too. Yeah, so <laughs> Alex he got to write one. He they picked him from a hat or something, and he got to write one about like business prospects and a local like commercial development. But one of the other guys he was jealous because he got to write a letter, a paper about refuting the arguments in Das Kapital, which is a <laughs> economics book. Which I just think it's such a weird like. I guess that's what economics guys would do. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, I you know I guess if that's what you love, you know. But we also find out that the uh, guys are not the only business majors on campus. Nan Winters comes on the scene. According to, I think, I can't remember who said this. Again, this is another Joe Claro turn of phrase. She was Miss Beauty and Brains. Oh, yeah. So, totally. I mean, that, MS. That, that's Beauty that's good. Brains. Miss Beauty and Brains. It's going to be the next pageant after Miss America. Miss Beauty and Brains. <laughs> she's Beauty and she's Grace. She's Miss United States. She is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nan, in spite of knowing that Alex has a girlfriend, Nan is definitely interested in Alex now that she's found out that he has joined this fraternity. So, she's come into the scene here. And then we go into a little bit of Alex in the classroom. He goes into his like economics professor, Mr. Professor Simons, and he through a, you know, kind of talks to his his professor a little bit. The professor congratulates him on his paper and through that conversation Alex winds up inviting him along with a guest to dinner at the Keaton's house. That's already this is very much feels like an episode, right? Oh, yeah. Exactly the kind of thing that would be set up here. And it's weird that the professor's like, hey, uh, I, I'm not married or anything, but can I bring a friend with me? And Alex is like, well, absolutely, of course. And I'm just like, huh, <laughs> right. okay. If somebody invited me over for dinner, and I don't know if I would bring a friend with me. Can I bring a date? Yeah. Like, yeah. to your parents' house, a student's parents' house. Yeah. yeah. So weird. It was definitely. But... I thought it was going to be like, you know, a girlfriend or someone or is like, I don't know, another professor on the campus or something. But that's yeah, not that would have made sense. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we found out that Professor Simons wrote the book Economics, the Ultimate Reality, <laughs> um, which I thought was a pretty great. <laughs> that's what Alex loves. That's why he's like looks up to him as his idol because he wrote this book. Yes. Uh, so he also found out at that time that Professor Simons went to Berkeley, which is where Stephen and Elise went. 
So he said, oh, he thinks, you know, they'll have something to talk about. So when he goes home and he tells the family that he's invited his professor over and that he's from Berkeley, uh, Mallory and Jennifer are very worried about this because they know that whenever the parents start talking to someone from the 60s, from the college or whatever, they always fall into listening to the original cast recording of Hair, singing Peter, Paul, and Mary songs, <laughs> If I Had a Hammer, and Dawning of the Age of Aquarius. And uh, this is like, they're very concerned about this. And the parents are like, no, no, we promise not to sing, bring out the, the cast recording of Hair. We promise, you know. Oh, geez. Have you ever seen Hair? <laughs> I have not. I mean, I'm familiar, like, loosely with it. If I remember correctly, like, in the live production, didn't they, like, pass people over the audience, like, with no clothes on or something? I don't know. I know nothing about that. I'm pretty sure there's something along those lines where they run out in the audience streaking or something because it's Yikes. like free love and, you know, the dawning of the age of Aquarius and all that. I don't know. I didn't look yeah. that much into it because I just kind of loosely knew it was a hippie thing. But yeah, the yeah. only thing I can remember is they made like a production of it. And I think uh, um, John Travolta was uh, one of the leading roles and he was in drag for the movie, wasn't he? Or no, so that that's was hairspray. Hairspray, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's sequel. Different. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third in the trilogy is haircut. Yeah, but and then they did that fourth spinoff, which was Mohawk. Oh, which, uh, yeah. Did not do well. Yeah, didn't do well. Yeah, it kind of killed the franchise. Yeah, not enough singing in that one. Apparently, <laughs> everybody went over to Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, they jumped ship. So, <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary, by the way, singing group from the 60s. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't they do Puff the Magic Dragon? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway. I mean, they had a string of hits, so. Definitely in the folk region of things. So you can understand, yeah. you know, Jennifer does not want to sit around all night and have their parents talk about the 60s. I, I get that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because what uh, 12, 13-year-old is like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And what 17, 18-year-old and what, you know, for Mallory and Alex at what, 20, 21 now? Yeah. Well, old enough to trade on the stock market, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yes, he's getting older. Sha-la-la-la! Okay, I don't want to do this out of order because this one is the best. No, I'm just going to do it in order so I don't forget to come back to it. Okay. Uh, up next, so after you know he discusses with the family, they're going to come over, and Alex is back at school again, and he bumps into, well, I think she bumps into him, Nan Winter. She comes back and bumps into him and you know wants to see him again. I think she offers to walk him to class or whatever. And during this time, we get the most classic Joe Claire. I think these are the best ones that he wrote in the whole thing, although there's some other funny stuff. But he talks about like what happens when he sees Nan smile, and then when he's in later on a little bit, he talks about when Ellen smiles, and he describes them in the most bizarre fashion. Oh, of so, course. First yeah. of all, he said Ellen's smile was a 250-watt special event that always stopped him dead in his tracks. A 250-watt special event? That's exactly... I, this is word for word. I typed it right out of the book. A 250-watt special event that always stopped him dead in his tracks. That's like, you know, two and a half light bulbs. I mean, that's a lot of light bulbs. But... Well... <laughs> that is nothing compared to Nan's smile. Because when Nan <laughs> smiled at him, and I'm quoting directly from the book, it caused his toes to turn into french fries. <laughs> And what exactly does that mean? I don't know. Like, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Did they get greasy? Were they hot? <laughs> you know, Maybe they got they salty. Like loaded in with fat? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nan's smile caused his toes to turn into french fries. <laughs> that, that sounds like something that uh, got translated back and forth a couple different times. Right? I went back and read that over. I'm like, this. there's nothing about that that makes sense to me. I had to write this down. I don't, I don't know what that Turn, means. Turned his toes into French fries. If anyone knows what that means, anyone out there maybe, like, maybe from a different culture or something that has any idea what that means, please let us know. Because I don't think that means anything. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. 
I know that if I told Janelle, like when she came home, your smile makes my toes turn to French fries. She'd be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> she'd be like, I think you need to go to the doctor. Right. Something's not right. <laughs> Aww. Oh. He also said that when he talked to Nan, it gave him guilt feelings. Oh, yeah. Totally guilt so, feelings. Guilt yeah. feelings, right. Yeah. So, after he's you know had this discussion with Nan, fast forward to the professors coming over to the house. And the guest he brought with him is a young lady who, uh, I think he mentioned that it was, he, she used to be his student at one point. Am I, am I right? Yeah, that's, the, that's what I remember as well. So Yeah. Her name is Marcy Sutton, and um, Alex is really trying to impress them, so he introduces Stephen as Stephen J. Keaton, <laughs> um, which I thought was interesting, because I don't think we ever hear Stephen's middle name. No, and, so far, and I don't remember hearing it at Not all. that I'm aware of. And then Stephen, this is I thought was crazy, he said, most people just call me Steve. Oh. Most people call him Stephen. Stephen, yeah. Elise calls him Stephen, yeah. Nobody calls him Steve. So, through the course of dinner, they go into the, the dining room, and we find out that, like I said, that Marcy Sutton was, you know, business, she was a business major, she's looking to start a business, and she's wanting to start a, a hair salon, actually, and she just needs a little bit of capital, she needs $10,000 to get it started, and the family's like, oh, too bad none of us could help you, and Alex is like, well, actually, I can, and we find out that... Alex has been like trading on the stock market, making little investments, and he's saved over $10,000 throughout the last few years, and he wants to invest all of this money into Marcy's business, which everyone is like stunned about, because that's a lot of money, especially in the 80s, right? Oh, yeah. And to find out that, you know, a 20-year-old kid's got 10 grand. Yeah. Who also doesn't have a car, as we mentioned earlier, is bumming (laughs) to ride off his girlfriend. Always. And he's got (laughs) $10,000. I feel like $10,000 would have bought you a a pretty decent car back in the day. Oh, yeah, for sure. I got my first car, which was in like the early 90s, and it was used, but we paid $2,000 for it, you know, like. Yeah. It was. That's funny. I think I got mine for the same price $2,000. It was a little Toyota pickup. No, mine was a Toyota Celica. Oh, nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Sunroof and everything. Ooh, what? I, I didn't have that. I had a camper oh. shell because I got my truck from an old man. Ooh, hey, I still have a camper shell on mine, so that means me and I'm an old man. Well, there you go. Either that or you bought it from some... Oh, no, because it was your dad's truck before it was that. my dad's, yeah, and when he got yeah. it, it had the camper shell with it, you know. Well, I, it worked out great for me because I would give kids a ride to school, and so I could just pile them all in the back, and I made a couple of bucks from each one of them, taking them back and forth. <laughs> That's awesome. We yeah. had the same thing. My dad had seatbelts put installed in the back, so we would like the kids. My brother and I would ride in the back of the truck. Oh yeah, in that thing. I don't think it's legal anymore now, even with the seatbelt. Is it? I don't think so. I mean, he had like a carpet kit in the back. Yeah, which I think at least made it padded, but I'm pretty sure probably not anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine you and your brother sitting in the back of the car doing it now? Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> From the back of the truck, but yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh the eighties. The eighties were a different time. Yes, they were. Now I did look it up, and because I'm like Alex can trade on the stock market, and according to the internet, you can trade on the stock market when you're 18. Oh, okay. Which I did not know. Well, and we did see an episode like where he had gone to the stockbroker's office, and he so the stockbroker had a portfolio for Alex and and uh, the parents, obviously, and Alex had messed with his parents' money too at one point. So, well, right. Well, remember in that one, Alex wasn't allowed to do it, so he traded like on his dad's behalf, oh, but he wasn't actually allowed to have his own. But that was season one, so oh, we're yeah. talking okay. several years ago. So now he's yeah. old enough that he can do his own. So okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah, that does make more sense. Now, this scene also is one of the first scenes that I noticed that Joe Claro really focused a lot on grinning in this book. Did you pick up on this at all? <laughs> yes. There were, I'm not exaggerating, dear listeners, at least 10 to 15 different mentions of people grinning. Oh, yeah. But, like, heavily emphasized, like, so much grinning. Everyone's looking around. Alex is trying not to grin. Then he grins too much. He doesn't grin enough. Like, many, many instances of talking about grinning. It's almost like that movie Smile. 
It's just like that, yeah. I, I didn't see it, but I'm pretty sure that's what we're looking at there. Yeah, no. Griffin tried to start watching that, and I'm all, nope, I'm out. I heard that one was real scary. Oh, yeah, that's that's okay. I don't need that. Yeah, I'm out. Well, so after we find out Alex is going to invest, the next day he's back at the fraternity house, and the guys are talking about, they, everyone's heard the news, he's made an investment, and some of the guys are talking about how Nan Winters has got the hots for Alex. And Alex was like, what, are you sure? And uh, we got another great, a couple of great Joe Claro phrases in this one. First of all, when they talk to him about, when they mention Nan's name, it says it gave Alex a funny feeling in the back of his neck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that, I'm, I'm not familiar with that weird feeling. I don't know. Well, maybe it's one of those ones like when the hair on the back of your neck stands up. I mean, I guess that's what he's going for, but like it says a funny feeling in in the back of his neck. (laughs) I'm not even going to say half the things that are in my brain (laughs) because that makes zero sense. Yeah, I don't know. But then this is even better. In that same scene, Alex is like, are you sure? And the guy's like, yeah, she's got the hots for you. And then (laughs) one of his his fraternity brothers says, the woman is warm for your form. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that was a hot phrase in the 80s i guess but like i've i was alive in the 80s and i've watched a lot of 80s movies and tv shows and i've never heard that phrase before warm for your form maybe he was trying to get a thing started who knows maybe she was hot to watch him trot i guess (laughs) interesting sha-la-la-la we are back at the Keaton house. Alex comes in. Jennifer is watching a TV show with Mallory. Alex is trying to like talk to him about like this exciting news. And Jennifer's like, shut up, shut up. I'm trying to watch this TV show. And it turns out she's watching a dog food commercial. And Jennifer wants to watch it because she thinks the guy in the commercial is really handsome. <laughs> this is something that never gets brought up before or again in this book. So who knows? That was just a random thing that she has a crush yeah. on a guy in a dog food commercial. It's a really great commercial. I guess so. <laughs> Those advertisers, you know, they top notch. They know great what they're work. doing. Yes. Their target audience. You know, that's interesting <laughs> because the Keatons have never had a pet. No. A lot of like TV families do. And Ubu is the dog, you know, at the end of the thing. But obviously Gary David Goldberg was a fan of dogs. But no pets. Yeah, so weird. Well, anyway, Alex reveals that he, you know, the, the store is a go and that they're naming the store, the um, hair salon is going to be called Sheer Magic, which is pretty good, you know, play on. Oh, work, yeah, definitely a play on the <laughs> haircutting term, which I feel like amongst businesses, hair places have the most or most frequent hair places and coffee places always have puns for names. Central Perk. Exactly. A cut above. <laughs> Starbucks. Yeah. Oh wait, no that that one wasn't no, well, anything. Not yeah. quite. Well, yeah. it costs a lot of bucks, and you have to be a star to be able to afford it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> anyway, so Alex says he got the permission to have Mallory and Jennifer work at the shop because we found out earlier that Mallory cuts Jennifer's hair, so they're interested in hair, and that Mallory's actually interested in the investment because it's a field that she's interested in. So he gets them both a job at the shop. We also see a little bit later on that Alex is at the shop. He's really invested in it because his deal is he gets a cut of whatever profits they make. And so Alex is like helping out. He's, you know, taking care of the the register. Mallory's in charge of washing people's hair. Jennifer sweeps up the floor. Kind of cool seeing them all at work. And then they get a delivery in the back of the shop. And this guy is like real shady. And Alex is, you know, kind of concerned. The way the guy talks to him, he thinks... Maybe like he's some sort of like criminal. We're not sure. It seems a little shady at this point. Yeah, Alex goes that, immediately for criminal. That's all we know for now. So then back at the house for a little bit, everyone's telling the the parents about like the jobs and stuff. Steven has a great line where he says, Do we have any cream pies in the refrigerator? Because <laughs> like now I'm gonna like throw a cream pie at Alex because he's such a clown or something. I can't even remember what he said. Yeah. But, it was very like Steven-y, Steven jokey kind of thing. At one point during this time, everyone around him is like laughing because they're all 
whatever. They're happy or something. I can't remember what it was. But everyone's sitting around talking about the business. And they're all grinning. It's another scene about grins. Oh, yeah. And Joe Claro tells us that Alex is, like, looking around and sees everyone grins. And it says, he could almost hear the noise of the grins. (laughs) So I don't know what noise grins make, but apparently... Grins are like a really important part of this this story. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know you got to grin and bear it, so maybe that That's makes right. the noise. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, it does not. It does not make any sense. <laughs> At some point in here, I, I might be getting the timeline mixed up a little bit. Nan actually asked Alex to go with him to a dance. They're having a dance at, I guess the economics people are having a dance at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he knows he shouldn't accept because obviously, you know, he's got a girlfriend, Ellen, but he winds up doing it anyway because he's Alex. Yeah. That part has been set up. He's in the classroom, like kind of showing off in front of, you know, Nan and everybody. And then right as like things start to get awkward, or maybe it's right as he starts to make a really good point. One way or another, the bell rings, which I don't know. I guess some colleges have bells, but our college does not have bells. Yeah, none of them do. I've never heard that except in TV shows because, like, you just look at your watch or whatever. You know, everyone's responsible because you're adults, right? Yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to be. I mean, maybe the clock chimes or something, you know, at the clock tower or something. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like, we had a clock tower that did, like, noon and I think maybe on the hour or something like that. But it was that's different. Anyway, the bell rang, and it says, in Joe Claro, says, he couldn't have timed the bell any better if he had written a script. (laughs) Speaking of scripts. Speaking of scripts, yes, that's right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. The more more I read of his stuff, the more I'm like, this this guy, I think he's a genius, actually. Like, it's some of the most creative and off-the-wall things I've never heard before. Well, you know, it kind of fits in with the Family Ties vibe, you know? It does. It does. Well, things start to escalate here at the end because Alex has got himself in this, uh, you know, this pickle where he's supposed to go to the dance. He also finds out when he goes back at the uh, the hair salon, he goes and checks like the stuff in the back that got delivered and none of it has shipping labels on it. And he immediately assumes that means that all the stuff that they're buying for the hair salon is stolen goods. Because it doesn't have shipping labels. I mean, that's obviously the logical conclusion. What else could it possibly be? So (laughs) he tells Ellen about it and, you know, he kind of is really concerned. He actually winds up going and talking to the girl he invested with. And she's like, look, you know, I cut corners because I'm trying to save money and I got to earn money and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, don't get on my case about it if you want me to make a lot of money for you. And then Alex is like really upset. So he talks to the professor and the professor Oh, this is at the dance. This is later on. He goes and picks up Nan, and they go to the dance together. And while he's there, the professor's there. He talks to the professor, and the professor basically says the same thing. Look, like, you know, if you're in business. You got to make money, and you got to do whatever you can, and that's that's how business is. Basically saying, if it is stolen goods, that's just business. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. You just got to increase your profits because, you know, shareholders want money. Alex is not happy about this, obviously. When he's talking with Ellen, he takes her out into the mall because... I think I might be mixing up the timeline here, but at some point, Nan comes to the mall while Ellen is there. They bump into each other, and they are not pleased with each other's presence, right? There's some definite jealousy there. Oh, yeah. This is actually before they went to the dance. Alex uh, rushes Ellen out into the mall and says, like, let's let's go walk around. He actually calls her Elle at one point, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he's never called her that any time in the show. And as he's walking around the mall, he's very distracted. And Joe Claro tells us he was looking around the mall like a tourist who had just wandered into Disneyland without a tour map. (laughs) I read that and I thought that actually. (laughs) I thought that's kind of a weird phrase. Very weird phrase. Very lengthy. And also, like, I mean, it's kind of easy to get around Disneyland without the map. I'm not saying, like, it's not helpful, but. I mean, the lands are kind of, you know, easy to navigate there. You can kind of see what each one is. Yeah. And how do you wander into Disneyland? Like, you know you're going to Disneyland. There's no like, oops, oops, how did I get in here? (laughs) I thought I was parking at the grocery store. Next thing you know, I'm in Disneyland. (laughs) What happened? Yeah. But since we know uh, that Joe Claro did books for Connor Man, Snowball Express, and a couple of Herbie movies, that makes sense that he would make some Disney reference in there. Yeah. Okay, so I skipped forward again because then they're, they're at home. There's a lot more talk about orange juice. Everyone's drinking orange juice and stuff. Oh, yeah. Pouring cups of orange juice. and 
carrying milk in and out and orange juice in and out. There's a lot of a lot of beverage having. Do you think he poured the milk in that weird way like he did on that uh, last episode? Oh, he definitely must have. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm picturing all of the when they. It, he does describe very well how they dance in and around. Everyone's getting their drinks. Oh Alex yeah. Alex comes home and gets an ice cream sandwich and eats it. You know, it's very accurate to the show. Oh yeah, and he shoves kind of the whole thing in his mouth and then tries to talk around it and yeah. Anyway, so then as Alex is getting ready to go to the dance, I skipped around a little bit here, but he comes down and everyone's trying to figure out because he told Ellen that he couldn't go, that there was like this thing, this mixer that she couldn't come to. And then he told his parents and everybody that he was going out to a lecture. He's kind of lying all over the place, which obviously never works out well. And he comes downstairs dressed up nice. And he also has put on like some cologne or something. Jennifer's like, where are you going out to? And he's like, oh, I always dress like this. And she said... Yeah, but you don't always try to take your life by drowning in a vat of aftershave lotion. <laughs> he did so ex- well with a couple of her zingers and then that one, you know? That, that was an exact quote. You don't always try to take your life by drowning in a vat of aftershave <laughs> lotion. <laughs> Just really rolls off the tongue there. You know? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Oh, Jennifer, you silver-tongued devil, you. Oh, yes. (laughs) Try to take your life. Then they go to the dance. He talks to the professor. He's very upset. In fact, he describes it as, he said, my head feels like the inside of an overloaded clothes dryer, (laughs) which I know we've all felt it sometime. Oh, sure, yeah. We're just stuffed and hot. Finally, Alex goes back to the store. He's very upset. and Oh, because Ellen also has found out that you know, he wasn't there. He comes home from the dance. She's very upset. She leaves a note that's like, don't call me. She's very mad about the whole thing. You know, he's hoping that she'll forgive him in some way. Elise says, look, look at the note. Like, it doesn't say forever. She'll probably forgive you, which I thought was, that was a weird way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, kind of bizarre. Like, um, you lied to her and went out with somebody else. Like, yeah, I would, I mean, if I was her, I'd be kind of ticked off. Right, I'd be, I'd be done. He goes uh, one more time to the salon, and he finds in the back, like, Jennifer and Mallory talking to this, like, rough delivery guy again. He's, like, you know, really getting grumpy with them, and Alex comes in and kind of saves the day, and then the guy, like, barks at him and is, like, you know, super rude to him, and Alex is, like, about to tell him off, and then Marcy comes in, they're having this big argument, and Alex, like, flips out, and he's calling everyone, like... You know, telling them all that they're criminals and he's just like screaming about everything and loses it. And that's kind of like all we see there. And then we're back at the house. I guess at some point in there, Ellen forgives him. He has like a sweet talk. But that was before he went to there. See, I'm mixing up the end of it a little bit there. Sorry. Yeah. He had gone to school and waited for her. Uh, that's right. When she was coming out of class. And it was right before he had to go to the mall. And and that's when he, he heard Jennifer. That's when he freaked and, out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he, you know, begged her and said, like, oh, I'm so sorry, and she forgives him. Okay, that's right. Then he goes and freaks out at the mall. It's harder when it's a book, because, you know, it's very, like, you have the visual, it's all in order. It's different when yes. you're, you know, trying to plate piece it together there. Anyway, he freaks out, <laughs> and then the last scene we have, they're back at the house, and, you know, everyone's, like, kind of laughing at him because he freaked out about it. And then, like, they have a pillow fight. And the girls are all there, and they all, like, hit him with the pillows. And then, it, like, it's, like, basically a freeze frame on the pillow fight, and that's the end of the show. Oh, and we find out that Alex is still going to be, you know, getting his investment out of it. But, he'll, you know, that she's going to try to pay it off quicker because of his, like, freak out. Yeah. Yeah, because now he knows that uh, she's accepting stolen goods. Right, and that's the end. Like, there's no consequences for it. Alex is still going to, like, take the money from his investment they're still going through with the business where they know they're getting stolen goods, but Alex told them what for, so yeah, it's okay yeah. now. And then everybody hit him with a pillow, and, the, and Stephen brought out a roast. Yes, that's right. And they were all grinning. A lot more talking about grinning as oh, well. Oh, yeah, the 100%. Well, they were just happy. Happy, so happy, happy. So much grinning. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, Is it like uh, Charlie Sheen? Instead of too much winning, it's too much grinning? <laughs> so much grinning, yes. They're going to be tired of grinning. There's going to be so much grinning. <laughs> Oh, goodness sakes. And that's the whole book slash episode of Alex Gets a Business. He got a business already. He did. He did. And then he got the business. And he got the business. Sha-la-la-la. What did you think of this book, Keith? 
It was pretty incredible, actually. So the first time I read it, I just kind of, you know, I went through it so quickly just because it's it's a quick read, like you said. And it was just amazing. And I'm like, man, this really kind of feels like it could have been a Family Ties episode. Like, he got everybody and, you know, some of your side characters like the Nan Winters and, you know, his frat brothers and stuff. They're very yeah. two-dimensional. So it, it would have been like a really good episode for a TV show. So Absolutely. They were just like window dressing in the episode. So, and I was kind of laughing, except I feel like most of the episodes at least have some sort of a conclusion to whatever the problem or the storyline right. was. And I feel like this one's just like, yeah, she'll probably pay me back a little faster because, you know, she knows I'm not on board for all that. Yeah, no consequences for stolen goods whatsoever. Just no. He didn't call the cops on her, nothing. No. And all the. Business people are at the school like, oh, yeah, that's just how business is. You just buy stolen goods. Like, that's Yeah, that's good if you had that people. opportunity, you're silly if you don't take that opportunity. Yeah. Like, that's crazy that that many people, I mean, maybe there's just more criminals out there than I realized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I guess the, the what was, the, some of the lines were kind of funny because the, his frat brothers were like, well, if you don't do it, then, you know, you're just giving more money and taxes to the government. And all they're going to do is help poor people. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they had some really interesting conversations about economics and government at their little dance party thing. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and he was seeing that, like, even though he loves money, that there's these people that are, you know, much more corrupt, you know, unethical than he would be, even though he loves making money. Alex has a good side to him, even though he has a money-loving heart. (laughs) That's how you know that uh, his parents were hippies in the 60s. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Because he would never think of doing something dishonest. No, he's like, no, you know, the rules are there for everybody or not for anybody. No, it was totally a fun read. And uh, Nan Winters, you know, I just, ah, she was so goofy. And and that interaction that he had with her parents when he went to go pick her up for the dance. And he would try to talk about a couple of different subjects. And her parents were like, oh, so tell us all about the frat. And he's like. And then I guess come to find out, like her dad had applied for the frat and never got in. But so, you know, that frat was the one that got away for him. And they only cared about that. And he realized, I think, that that's all Nan cared about was that he was in that frat, too. Yeah. So it was just kind of a status symbol for her to be dating him. So Ah, Nan, Nan Winters. Turns out when you Google Nan Winters, um, the page that comes up first is kind of a funny one. Funny, uh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's a lady who sells um, fashion out of Petaluma, California. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, hey, Nan, if you want to sponsor this episode, let us know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has unique and interesting and somewhat uh, different pieces. Oh, okay. Yeah. Check check out Nan Winters. Yeah. Free promotion there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're welcome, Nan. Nan. Winters. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a real estate agent. It does. It very much does. I can see that name on like a, a park bench or a bus stop. Nan, Nan Winters. winters. <laughs> You'll spend all your winters in a Nan Winters home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible! <laughs> yeah, it was like Stephen level. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Nan Winters. <laughs> Nan Winters. <laughs> She's got a very singable name. She does. It is. It's a. It's a good name. I mean, if Joe Claro came up with, with that one, good job. Yeah. Good job, Joe. Nan Winters. Sha la la la. So I'm kind of curious, like if Alex ever gets into a uh, fraternity on in the, the show? next season. Yeah, like on the show. Or is he still in the fraternity? That would be cool if they treated this as like canon and anything from this actually popped up in the show. Oh, and then we see, like, Nan Winters walking down the hallway. Yeah. our poor sweet Ellen, you know. Oh. Anything of him being, like, going into the frat house. Yes. Mm. All of a sudden, she's just hanging out there. She's like a, a frat fry instead of a French yeah. fry. Huh. With her toes or something. <laughs> <laughs> she had those fried toes. Her French fries. Yeah, she'll turn his, French, his toes to French fries. <laughs> I'm going to try that on Janelle and see if she thinks it's romantic. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, you totally should. Yeah. Like greasy, crispy French fries. When I see you, I get butterflies in my stomach and my French fry or my toes turn to French fries. 
and I have a weird feeling in, <laughs> in the back of my neck <laughs> from your 250-watt special events. Oh, <laughs> that's like truly less, romantic. That's less wattage than like a carnival uh, game. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I'm not sure how special that event is, but you know, it's a, it's a soft glow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the warm white equivalent. <laughs> uh. Now I did notice on both page 64 and 89 they referred to him as Alex P. Keaton, which I appreciated as the hosts of the Alex P. Keaton is my friend podcast. Yeah, well, it turns out Stephen J. Keaton too, so. Stephen J and Alex P. <laughs> and Elise Donnelly from the Cleveland Donnellys, too, from I the believe. Cleveland Donnellys, that's right. <laughs> now, I feel like we have heard her main name because we've met her mom before and stuff. Oh, that's right. I'm pretty, like, I, that seemed familiar. I didn't go and cross-reference, but I, that name felt familiar. Yeah, it does feel familiar now that you said that. This was fun. It was really fun to read. I mean, it makes me wish that there were more, obviously. Oh, we're yeah. We're not getting another one. No, well... I tried to Google uh, Joe Claro just to find out a little bit more about him. Like, you know, when, how old is he? Is he alive? Yeah. I am not finding a lot about him. There's not. No. I, I mean, I found a list of his books, and that's pretty much it. That's all I can yeah. find, too. There's no, like, about the author in the back of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Mine does have ads for other books, though, which I think is funny. Oh, because, yeah. Okay. This book, you know, obviously we're talking about a TV show, a sitcom, a family sitcom. So the two ads in the back, one of them is for a series from Avon Books called Swept Away. Eileen Gouges, Swept Away, where your every fantasy comes true. I'm pretty sure these are like, you know, romance novels from what I'm Ooh, looking yeah. at. It's like time travel romance from what I can tell. And then also we have one from best-selling author Marilyn Sachs. And she has two books, called one called 14 and one called Class Pictures. Looks like kind of teen romance type of things. You know what rhymes with uh, class pictures? What? Nan Winters. Nan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Uh, that was funny. Yeah, no, those are pretty exciting, though. Class pictures and 14. Pretty oh, exciting. Dang. You could actually cut the bottom of the page off and mail it in with your information, and they would send you the book, I guess. I think so. Yeah, because it says two fifty in the U.S. for two dollars fifty cents for each book. Yeah, or two ninety five in Canada. So the the conversion rate was way better in eighty six. Two fifty. All of them are yeah, because all the swept away books are two fifty also. Oh, but you have to do one dollar to cover postage and handling for each book ordered, but only up to a maximum of three. On the front here, it does say that this book was two ninety five originally in nineteen eighty six. What? But in Canada, three ninety five. Oh, yeah, oh. two ninety five. Yeah, that's a dollar more. Wow, that's crazy. Interesting. And then one other thing. I mean, I just thought this was kind of funny. The description on the back of the book here. Let's let's read this here. It says nothing can stop Alex except Alex. When Alex True. gets accepted into New Alpha Mu, the college's high powered business major fraternity, he's walking on air. Mallory and Jennifer couldn't care less. Stephen and Elise are less than thrilled. And his girlfriend, Ellen, hopes that Business Fever and beautiful Nan Winters won't put their romance in the deep freeze. Because <laughs> Nan Winters, get it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when Alex decides to put theory into practice by investing in a hairdresser shop in the local mall, he really gets the business and a hilarious lesson he won't soon forget. And Nan Winters is cold as ice. <laughs> Family Ties is consistently one of America's top-rated, critically acclaimed television series. Now join your favorite characters in an all-new adventure, as delightful as the hit show itself. I don't know if I call this an adventure. It was almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. It almost was. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Except chose poorly. Yes, he, he did. Every time he turned around, he chose poorly. People were grinning at him. <laughs> well, I bet Marcy was grinning when he said yes to her pitch. Definitely. He could hear the sound of her grin. <laughs> the noise of her grin. That's oh, well, maybe that's how the Grinch got started. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh. Uh, so bad. This was fun, though. It was a lot of fun to read. It was. This really was the cap. Uh, this was the trifecta of our uh, three special episodes. It was. Yes, bloopers, documentary, and now the book, the tie in. Oh, the bloopers oh. are so good. 
documentary was so good. Well, we do have many more coming. And of course, like I said, we're going to start the new season on our next episode. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah. So get ready to join us for season five, episode one. And oh, there's big things, big things on the horizon. You can bet on it. Yeah. Also, while you guys are eagerly anticipating that, please don't forget to write to us. Let us know what you thought of the book or if you read the book or if you know what it means to say your toes turned into french fries. <laughs> I'd like to know any any information on that would be highly appreciated. We would love to hear from you guys by writing to us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Where else could they find us, Keith? They can find us on Facebook, a friend of the group of the Alex B. Keaton is my friends page. Pretty close enough. <laughs> <laughs> or they can find our website at alexbkeatonismyfriend.com. Yes. That's where you can listen to all of our old episodes. And Phil, you just told me before we started that we're on, this is episode 95. That's right. By my count, it's 95 original episodes, not counting reruns. And I think that's it. I think it's 95. Oh. We're coming up on 100 here. We're going to have to do something special during season five for the 100th episode. Yeah, so Season 5, Episode 5 will be our 100th episode. <laughs> kind of has a nice flow when you say it. It doesn't really. 5-5. Five, five, yeah, 5-5-100. Five, five, it's like 10-10-2-20. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Keith, for joining me for this very special episode and for reading the whole entire book with me. Yeah, it was super fun. Thank you so much for the gift and then also for the good time. And thank you, dear listeners, for joining us, for hanging out and listening about a book, which is uh, fun to do. And we hope you guys had a great uh, break from us and be ready to do more awesome Family Ties stuff. Well, I hope you didn't have a good break from us because I hope you missed us and you were like, man, I just need those guys' voices in my ears. So get back on it. Well, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what I've heard. I, I read that somewhere once. Pretty sure that's true. And remember... Don't try to take your life by drowning in a vat of aftershave lotion. Well, I'll stop wearing it because I don't want to take my life that way. That's good. I'm pretty sure that's the moral of this episode anyway. (laughs) It's totally the moral of the episode. (laughs) And don't jump into businesses with uh, somebody you just met. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably more straightforward. But yeah, well, you know. But if if you do, you know, there's no consequences for selling stolen goods. So no, no, you'll be fine. No, you're not selling them. You're just using them. So it's fine. Yeah. You're not responsible for finding out where they came from. No, just, nobody said that that was your job. Just tell that to the judge. I'm sure that'll be fine. I'm yeah. not responsible for that. <laughs> hey, officer, I don't know what the speed limit was, so how am I supposed to know if I'm breaking the law? Yeah, that's definitely how law works, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, uh, what did they say? Ignorance is bliss, right? That's right. Yep. Mm, yeah. So many lessons. So many life lessons in this. Well, our lesson is... This is it for the show. Thank you guys once again. And we'll see you next time on another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby? Without us, Shalala. that was that was a pretty good stretch there. Alan, uh, Alan heads in. Alan, I don't know where I got Alan from. <laughs> What's the name of the show we're on? <laughs> Alex and Ellen. They're Alan. Alan, I've, you, you've done this too before. I'm pretty sure. I think we both oh, have yeah. now. <laughs>